You guys, Big Grande's Teacher's Lounge is back. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Oh, God. It's so funny. It's a it's an improv comedy show. Uh, it's about teachers. It's a, it's Big Grande who are Drew Tarver, Dan Lippert, John Mackey, Ryan Rosenberg. Stars. Superstars. Yes. Uh, they play teachers, and they have special guests playing other faculty members, people like Paul F. Tompkins, oh Jessica McKenna. Oh, my God. L. King. Oh, my God. Tons and tons of others. The AV Club says, Big Grande's The Teacher's Lounge mines pure gold from education's underbelly. And this, so this is season three. It's mm-hmm. back on Stitcher Premium. Uh, you can get the you can get season one completely free on Apple Podcasts or Stitchers or Earwolf.com or wherever you listen. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely the funniest thing you'll hear. And season one is completely free, as you've said, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Earwolf.com, wherever you get podcasts. Just go to StitcherPremium.com slash teacher and use promo code Homophilia, and you'll get your first month of premium for free. Get it. Oh, hey, Matt McConkie. Hey, Dave Holmes, and hey, homophiliacs. Hey. Is that a thing? Uh, maybe no. it is. We can make it a thing. Hashtag homophiliacs. Sure. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna need to identify uh, a name for yeah. our for our throngs of fans. Oh yeah, that's as good as any. And I mean, unless I, we just go homos. Oh yeah, that, that's that's. I'm sure that's not claimed. Yeah, nobody nobody's calling themselves the homos on the internet yet, right? Not yet. Maybe. Um, you're sounding especially golden voiced today. Oh, thank you. You as well. Thank you. I, as well, it, it's sweet and smooth. How like is, honey. has your life changed since we were featured in Entertainment Weekly? Oh, magazine, I'm so glad or? you brought that up, Matt McConkey. <laughs> uh, obviously, I mean, I you know, it's it's a it's a great thank you so much to the folks at Entertainment Weekly. Ah, big shout don't out. Don't know to what we're talking about. Henry we're in the Goldblatt. Must, yeah. We're in the must list. Yes. We're one of the 10 things to check out over the course of the next two weeks. Yes. Because it's a double issue. Oh, that's right. How about that? And how about the fact that we beat La La Land? I love that. That was the, the, I, the greatest yeah. victory of them all. La La Land was 10. We were nine. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I get stopped on the street a lot more. Of course. Uh, people just ask me to talk. They close their eyes and just listen to me talk. Yeah. Um, it's it's good. I feel like we're, we're ascending to our rightful place. Me too. You know, my mom's good. Facebook post about it was she simply the screen grab that you sent me of the the picture of the uh-huh. article with um the, the words she said it's Matthew's first time in Entertainment Weekly and first was in all caps uh-huh. and it occurred to me and then multiple other people affirmed this that it, yeah. the way she said it it kind of seems like. Can you believe it's his for as if yeah. it's embarrassing that he hasn't yet been featured in this? <laughs> I don't magazine. think so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it there. Um, I wouldn't take it there. Yeah, I would just say no. She she sees what we're saying. You're moving. You're you're moving in the right direction. Thank you. Uh, I, so this indicates that your mother is aware of this podcast. Mine is not. I mean, I think that is the, the this is the most aware she's ever become of it, and okay. she'll never hear it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is not her medium. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, uh, having to explain anything that takes place on a computer to my mother is a, uh, is a long it's not process. And also it's just, you know, there are certain things you got to carve out some space for yourself in this world Yeah, that you don't invite your mom into. That's right. You know, I just think it's important. Yeah. I think it's important. Hey, uh, speaking of which I saw mother this weekend. Oh my God. Mother exclamation point. Mother exclamation point. Tell me everything. And here's the thing. I bring it up just to say that I don't want to talk about it. Oh, that's like great. it, it, I hated it so much. Like, it's I very really, divisive. It is very divisive. I didn't know a thing about it going in. Typically, when a movie is is that is that divisive, is that, you know, uh, like people are making yeah. that much noise about it, uh, my bosses at Esquire say, why don't you go take a look at it and give us your thoughts? Yeah. So I did, and I didn't look at, at, at any of the reviews or anything. I went in totally blind. And, uh, and as I said, I went out uh, almost completely deaf. Oof. It is the loudest, most unpleasant movie I have ever 
seen in my life. I, I felt that about most of his movies. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah, every single time I see a movie of his, I go out and I just like I have to get it out of yeah, me. Yeah, I feel bad about myself and yes. I need like an ice cream cone and That is exactly right. I yeah. saw Requiem for a Dream in a hotel room <sighs> with a good friend of mine and he like at the end of it literally sprang up out of the bed and was like, "Ice cream and sprinkles." Yes. And just like picked up the phone and called room service and had Sundays brought up. You have to. You have to. Uh it is it is real. I mean, it, you know, th- those who are listening right now who loved it are saying to themselves it's supposed to be unpleasant. Like that's the point. Yeah, is yeah. that it's supposed to be unpleasant? Great. If that's what you're paying your money and signing up for yeah. and going to see, terrific. Then it's More a power success. To, then it then it succeeded. I absolutely hated it. Wow. And then a baby got eaten. In the movie? In the movie, what? a baby gets eaten. Spoil I guess I should have said watch out for spoilers. But if you if you were gonna see it, you've already seen it. Yeah. A baby wow. is killed and eaten. Okay. Well now I now I have a solid and, argument for yeah. not seeing and it. And by the time it happens, you're just like, uh huh. Wow. Yeah. That's probably what's about to happen. And then it happens and you're like, well, yeah, they ate a baby. It's just, it, it numbs and deadens you completely. And I, I just really, the only it. reason, the only appeal for me, the only appeal is Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, right. I will take her anywhere I can get her. I'm yeah. so happy to see her, you know, but yeah. watch her parts and then get up and walk out. That's what they, they need to do an edit after it, yes. you know, when it starts streaming of just the Michelle Pfeiffer scenes yeah. so that you can get what you need and then walk away. Get what you need, get up, walk out. <sighs> Horrible. I'm glad I – so this was a debate in our house seeing Mother versus It this weekend, mm. and we opted for It. I have not seen It yet. You have to see It. Really? I mean, it's it, uh, 80s kids on bikes. It's your it's your world. I can, you know? Yeah, no, I know. I know. I bet – I'm sure that I will appreciate it in some way or another, it's but I just – I can't imagine the idea of sitting in a movie theater and watching that. It just seems like too much. I sat in um, the IPIC theater, which I think we've talked about we this. Have. You haven't gotten on the into the IPIC No, yet, but I do. You? I do like the land. Mark. Okay. I do yeah. things it's a similar. Nature, I mean, yeah. if you are listening and don't know, it's one of those movie theaters where you are fully in a plush recliner with a blanket on, mm-hmm. and a person comes up to you a during blanket? the movie. Yeah, you you got blankets, a cashmere blanket. You got a nice pillow, and um, and you're these waiters are coming up to you, and you're ordering margaritas in the middle of the movie, and that it's sounds disgusting, fantastic. but it's the best. That and, and once how, you, how do you not fall asleep? I, well, you, you you see a movie like it that will keep you awake, okay. and uh, it was fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. And um, I did what our guest did right before we started recording, which is did you, win an you have the <clears throat> yeah, I won an Emmy for my for best audience member in it. Okay, I actually could have won for like most screaming out loud, which I did mm. quite a bit. Sure. Um, and uh, but the more important movie that I saw this weekend was um, a really powerful film called Unforgettable. Do you remember this? Uh, oh, is that the one with uh, Catherine, with Catherine Heigl. Heigl? Yes. In many ways, the anti-Jennifer Aniston. Oh, full blown. She's the anti-Ston. She is the only thing that could have made that movie watchable. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, it's the it's basically like a Fatal Attraction yeah. movie that they are sort of rebooting. And But the weird thing is they just did that like less than 10 years ago, but it was with Beyonce. With Beyonce. And so it's like, why would you look at that and go, why don't we do it again? And and But instead of the greatest star of our time yeah. will yeah. have Catherine Heigl we'll and Rosario Heigl. Dawson, which mm-hmm. are, they're both great. Sure. In their way. Um, I love Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson is great. And the weird thing is Rosario, she's doing like real acting in this movie. Yeah. And it is a little uncomfortable because you're like, oh, I came to this just to like laugh and, you know, enjoy the camp of it all. But uh-huh. – um, and I mean the nice thing about it is that it, the movie has no self-awareness. So it's not one of those like uh, – like Boy Next Door, that Jennifer Lopez movie where it's like they knew they were making this with camp 
in mind intentionally. You know, this is kind of like a movie that fully takes itself seriously. And I think they thought they were making like the new Gone Girl or something as Uh opposed to like like a rejected Lifetime movie, which is what it is. Right. But you get – the funniest part is that so many of like Katherine Heigl's evil moments are spent like – at her laptop in uh-huh. a row because she her biggest like like evil like thing she does you know she's trying to get revenge on her husband's new girlfriend sure um, is to create like a fake Facebook profile mm. just like just like gripping filmically speaking this is not the most yeah. like you know like powerful. watching someone else play a video game yeah it was but I will say there is a scene where she's on Facebook in her robe and she jerks off great you you get to see Catherine Heigl whack it. Great. To Facebook. Well, Ted Cruz is going to love that. Oh, absolutely. He's going to post two minutes of it to his uh, to his Twitter account. Oh, and then for say sure. he didn't. Absolutely. So that's what you get here on Homophilia. If you're brand new, if Entertainment Weekly just brought you here, yeah, welcome. And you're, and you're welcome, Homophilia. Fresh ears. It's just me and Matt. Okay, and I, I want to. I, I, you know, I'm never going to quote. I shouldn't read the reviews that we get on Apple Podcasts. Although, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Please do. Um, but, but be kind. But keep, be kind. They do. They tend to be either very good or one star from people who haven't heard us. <laughs> yeah, who obviously haven't heard us. One 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 star review I saw said that like these are two of those gay guys who are uh, who are trying yes. to impersonate uh, like stereotypes of black women. Yes. And, and promote uh, anonymous PNP sex. Yes, which I mean, oh, obviously, oh, and one of them. They said that they had had PNP sex with one of with hosts. one of us. And PNP, of course, stands for party and play, which mm-hmm. I have never done because that no. involved drugs that I'm scared of. Yeah, yeah, like um, uh, uh, like methamphetamines, meth, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, crystal meth and stuff. Yeah, things things that involve glass pipes. No, no, thank you. Uh, no. Uh, so yeah, so thank you for that review, <laughs> whoever that was. One also uh, that said got that, take, that got taken down. Oh, that was that did get taken kind down. Of the I might have had Apple. something to do with that. Uh, but somebody recently said something that I do want to discuss with you, which is, uh, and this is obviously somebody who didn't hasn't listened to the show either. Uh, I guess the only thing that ever runs through the mind of a homosexual is talking about being a homosexual. Mm. So. Uh, so thank you for that review. That's, you're uh, absolutely right. You're and right. what's wrong with that? Yeah. What's wrong with it's that? It's a really interesting note. Yeah. We should make our, our LGBT show less gay, mm-hmm. I guess, is the takeaway yeah, from should, that. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. If you haven't left a review, please do. Uh, they uh, they definitely help out a lot. They listener. really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's take a break. Let's take a break. And we'll be back with our amazing guest. Oh, boy. We are back with uh, one of our greatest guests. I'm looking at her. She's gleaming. She's gold. She's mm-hmm. holding up a giant, uh, like, uh, orb. Mm-hmm. She is. The hair is fantastic. Trayvon Fries Emmy. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Just kidding. Trayvon, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for having me, man. The it's day awesome. after the Emmys. Yeah. Have you slept at all? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does one do after an Emmy broadcast? Uh, go to a lot of parties. Sure. Yeah. Where'd you go? I went to HBO. I went to the Governor's Ball, and then I went to HBO. Uh-huh. And after HBO, I went home because it was late. And mm-hmm. it took me an hour to get my car from the Governor's Ball. Oh, So no. that killed, that took a lot of a lot of the steam out of my night. Uh-huh. That's always, I always imagined that being such an awkward hour of just like the, all these celebrities milling around waiting for their yeah. cars. It was like Margaret like, Atwood is sitting like three people away oh from me, God. like waiting for a car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're, it's like, uh, it's funny. I was standing talking to Alan Yang, and uh, he was like, you know, this is the great equalizer. 
because no yeah, matter yeah. how famous you are, you're, yeah. you still have to stand here and wait for your car. He's like, yeah. he's like, I was standing with J.J. Abrams, and he's just like, there's nothing I can do about it. You can't yeah. do anything. You're literally stuck there yeah. with everyone. Yeah, but what a great place to be stuck. Right? Well, we should say you won uh, for Full Frontal with Samantha B. Yes. And you went to both – you went to the Creative Arts Emmys last weekend. Yeah, we had the, five nominations in that show and two yesterday. Wow. <clears throat> So you had two different tuxes, two different yeah. big nights out on the town. Yeah, it was fun. Two man. tuxes? Yeah, I, I went. I doubled up. Okay. I couldn't wear the same one twice. No, that's fine. Who'd you wear? Uh, I go to this place called My Suit in Manhattan, uh-huh. uh, Madison. The guy who, uh, this guy Jose Reyes, he makes my suits. He's fantastic. Nice. Um, so, what was we'll your what was your biggest like starstruck moment at the Emmys this year? Yeah. yeah. All I wanted to do was meet the Stranger Things kids. Sure. Oh, and when you did, I saw and it on then, Instagram. As I was going to the governor's ball, they were all behind me. I was yeah. like, this is perfect. The whole day, all my all my coworkers kept seeing them and going, Trayvon, there's a stranger. I was like, I know, but now's not a good time. Like they're like doing press and then yeah, they're uh-huh. like kind of separated. And I was like, it's gonna happen when it's time. And yeah. we were walking out the door and there they were, all behind me and in a group. And I was like, here we go. Yeah. Oh, let's do this. How were they? They were great. They were yeah. really fucking cool. I was like, Hey, can I take a picture with you guys? And they were like, yeah, let's do this. They were like pumped for yeah. it. I, I was like, all right. It. I love it. They're such stars. I yeah. was thinking about them watching it yesterday because I'm like, they 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 did it first. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I guess Stephen King wrote the book first, but they, you know, they were kids on bikes. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. before the kids in this movie were. Uh-huh. <laughs> How did the Sean Spicer bit go over in person? <clears throat> it didn't. So it it actually ended up being a very Spicer moment because in the room, I don't know if, we, if people heard it at home, but his mic was off for the first part of the joke. Oh, really? And oh. so we saw his lips moving, but we didn't hear anything. And then the mic came on, and then we heard the rest of it. I was like, oh, it was one of those. It was the Trump joke about the inauguration. Uh-huh. and But, like, they fucked it up. So uh-huh. it's perfect for Sean Spicer. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Um, <laughs> can you can you drop some other names for us yeah. besides the stranger? Um, it's funny because my my coworkers would make fun of me for knowing so many celebrities just mm-hmm. because like being <clears throat> I go to a lot of events and shit and I become friends with people who are way way more famous than I am and <laughs> uh, so when they see me in places like this they talk to me like I'm a normal person and then it blows their mind yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah wait you know RuPaul like yeah I know RuPaul oh, wow. uh, <laughs> and so I'm like introducing them to people that they want to meet yeah like I was at the HBO party a friend of mine. Uh, I'm I'm good friends with Chris Jackson from Hamilton, and they were like, "I've been looking for Chris Jackson. I really want to meet him." I was like, "Oh, I'll introduce you to him." And I was like, "Will you like like for?" I was like, "Yeah, he's right there. I'll get him." And then I brought him over, and yeah. it's just like this like thing where like people are like, "How do you know everybody?" I was like, "I I don't. It just happens." You're a well connected, charming man. <laughs> it, yeah, it. That's what it is. I just find myself in places with these people, and we mm-hmm. become friends. I love that. Can you tell the listeners about your podcast? Uh, it, the room where it happened. Yeah. So uh, me, Mike Drucker, originally me, Mike Drucker, and Jess Dweck started uh, a podcast about based on each track of the Hamilton soundtrack called "The Room Where It's Hap- The Room Where It's Happening." Do I, I don't even remember the name of my podcast? It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> the room where it's happening, and uh, we eventually ended up becoming the two of us because Jess got a job and moved to LA, uh-huh. and then I got a job and moved to LA, and then Drucker got a job and moved to LA. Yeah, <laughs> so we all started a podcast in New York and then moved to LA. And so basically, what we would do is we would take one song from the soundtrack, let people pick their favorite song who had seen the show uh-huh. and come on the show and talk about it. And then we would like sing a little bit. And it was pretty fun. Uh-huh. I love um, that. What's yours? Uh, 
My favorite was probably The Room Where It Happens. Okay. Yeah, that was probably my... It was so hard to pick, mm-hmm. but uh, it ended up also being the name of the show. Uh-huh. But there's so many, so many fucking good songs on there. So many. Were you, did you jump on the Hamilton train early? I mean, did, did yeah, you see I, it pretty... I saw it. I didn't get to... I couldn't get tickets to, to the... Uh, when it was at the public, so I waited for Broadway. I saw it opening week on Broadway. Um, oh, wow. I just so happened to be in New York at the time. We were the, I was still at Daily Show, and the show was off the air, but Trevor Noah had an extra ticket, and he's like, hey, you in town? I'm going, I, I got an extra ticket to Hamilton. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going. Like, yeah. Let's do this. And so we went, and then it was like the greatest thing ever. Of course. <laughs> and I ended up seeing it four more times. Yeah. Oh, God. wow. I, uh, I saw it early in the Broadway run, and uh, Michelle Obama and John Stamos were in the Oh, you were there oh, that shit. day. Yeah. I went Not to, together. I went to Lynn's last think. show. Lynn and Leslie's oh, last wow. show. That was crazy. Yeah. Wow. That was like a room full. Like John Kerry was there. Oh, my God. <laughs> like J-Lo sitting behind me. Oh, my God. Jane Fonda's like to my left. It was Jeez. it was a crazy. It was a packed room. You live a good life, Trent. Charlie Rose sitting in front of me. Nice. Star studded. <laughs> yeah. Super star studded. It was a lot of people there. Aaron yeah. Paul. Like, uh-huh. Everyone was there. So what do you, do you have time to, to watch TV and go to the movies? Things like that. I I used to have more. Yeah. Now I have to like plan it. Mm-hmm. Especially now that I'm on full frontal, I'm finally becoming that person where I'm like, oh, I, I haven't seen it because I'm so busy. Where yeah, I used yeah, to be the yeah, person yeah. like, have you seen this thing? Like yeah. you got to watch the you yeah. got to watch all 14 episodes of this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I have a TV show to run. Yeah, like I get it. But um, being in New York now. And not being, like, I have an apartment here in L.A., but in New York, the place I'm staying doesn't have cable, so I watch everything on uh-huh. my iPad. So I end up watching more TV in bursts than I did at home because yeah. I just have the luxury of, like, flipping and picking between Apple TV and all uh-huh. the different shit that I have at home. Uh-huh. Um, but I still, I watch, now I watch what pe- things people tell me to watch mm-hmm. versus, like, just experimenting. Like, I'm going to find and see if this, this yeah. show is three-star, but I'm, you know, I'm going to check it out and see what's up. Now I'm like, it's got to be good yeah, <laughs> right. or I'm not wasting my time. Right. So what was the last thing that, that you were like, oh, the, the recommendation paid off? Oh, what did I do? I mean, I've been watching a lot of the stuff that everybody else has been watching. Uh, I haven't had uh, – oh, Neil Brennan told me to watch this movie called – Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Oh, yeah. And that was really good. That yeah. was a good recommendation. That's um, one where he gets paralyzed. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But TV-wise, I think I'm watching the same thing as everybody else. Which is? Uh, all the things that won yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Thrones, Handmaid's Tale, Narco, like yeah. Stranger Things, all the the popular shows. Right. So you can keep up with the conversations. I'm a little bit behind on Better Call Saul, which I'm sad about. Yeah. Um. And I got to catch up to that. And now people are suggesting like old things to me that I never even heard of. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to add old stuff into the rotation. That's uh-huh. what I do. When I get too overwhelmed by the options and the new things that I right. know I need to watch to keep up the conversation, I'm like, I'm going to watch a Friends rerun. I can't <laughs> right. take all of this on right. right now. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. It's so much TV. Yeah. For me, it's uh, The Facts of Life. Oh. I have a season pass for The oh. Facts of Life. Those last few seasons, not great, but very no. much of their time. You get a young Stacy Q dropping by. Wow. Yeah. I go Death Note when I can't decide. I'm just like, I'm going to go Death Note. Death Note? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It's an anime cartoon. Netflix just made a movie of it that everyone was mad about because they like whitewashed it. Oh, okay. What is it? It's this, basically the premise is this kid, uh, there are these these people, these demons that basically decide who lives or dies. Mm -hmm. 
by writing your name in this book called A Death Note. Mm-hmm. And one of them falls to earth. One of the death notes falls to earth. And this kid, this high school kid, finds it. And then he realizes what it is. And he starts using it to initially, like, kill bad people. And then you know how that goes. It, he, sure. he becomes drunk with power. And yeah. And the whole, yeah, that whole, that's basically, it's a really, really popular anime cartoon. Uh-huh. And the movie's been made, like, twice. And Netflix just kind of botched it. Mm-hmm. So watch the show. Don't watch the movie. Yeah, watch the cartoon. The cartoon's fantastic. Is that what the Netflix is a joke billboards are all about? Those are for their comedy specials. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, thought, I thought so, but, yeah. but they're the same color scheme yeah. as the Death Note yeah. ones. So whatever. All right. Interesting. Um, I, I, I might check it out. <laughs> it's very bingeable so, because they, they're so quick. Yeah. The okay. episodes are so fast where you're just like, I thought I, I just started this. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's really good. Okay. So last, I uh, wanted to shake you down to be on this because I heard you on uh, Deanna Chang, who's my good friend and friend of the show, on uh, her podcast, yeah. um, which is called How to Be Less Old, formerly yeah. known as OMFG. Everybody should be listening. It's amazing. Um, and they, like, kind of toward the end, started to get into your love and dating uh, mm-hmm. life. But I felt, unfortunately, ran out of time. And yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to be picking well, out now, <laughs> now where now they we left off. That up. Um, Let's get into it. So I guess first question is just what is your current dating status? Uh, recently single. Mm-hmm. How recently? Last Saturday. Oh, my Ooh. God. Right in the middle of Emmy season. <laughs> the day of the Emmys. Holy oh, wow. Shit. It was a... A situation. I yeah. won't. Can you get, won't. what can you tell us about the situation? Um, it was, it was, it was hard. Yeah. It was a, a difficult decision. Um, we had a two year relationship. Oh, it was, wow. it was great. It, it had its moments like they all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just came to a point where it was ready to, to be over. Mm-hmm. And Were you uh, cohabitating? Yes. Oh my god! It was On a, which coast? This one. This one. Okay. Yeah. So that was a. It made for a crazy week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An it already made, crazy week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, after a big breakup, people do tell you to go out and blow off some steam, and I guess yeah. you got to do that on a very large scale. Yeah. It was, that, it, was, it was such a weird range of emotions. Yeah. To like. Go through that in the morning and then, like, when it ended that night and you're like, yeah. what happened today? <laughs> like, <sighs> what is, like, yeah. how does life work? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you, you only have a week's worth of perspective, but do you do you feel like this was for the best? Um, As of now, I do. I think so. I mean, I don't. I don't know what happens in the future, but mm-hmm. I think right now with everything going on, I think it was uh, – I think it was a good choice. And being on separate coasts, because like, I'm working on Full Frontal now, and uh, she's here a lot, mm-hmm. it didn't help. But um, I think it was for the best. Okay. What's, yeah. what's your What's your post-breakup strategy? Do you continue, Do you try to remain friends, or do you um, just I, cut off contact? I'm a very, very, like, amicable person. Like, I'm very easy to get along with. So I don't necessarily... If you want to be my friend, fine. If you like, uh-huh. I don't. I'm not gonna like reach out to you and yeah. like poke the bear or mm-hmm. anything. Like I, I'm very okay with like walking away and taking however much time you need yeah. to. If you ever want to be my friend, fine. If you don't, that's also fine. I don't. I don't fault you for it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's you're you're not like seeing you ever again will drive me crazy. No, I went we'll, through that and I went through that in college and. 
it was hard, man. I, I, I spent those years after that working to a place where I just never felt that again. Like I got to I I've I got to a point where I stopped needing people and started wanting people. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't when I when I switched that perspective it became it was different emotionally where it was like I never felt debilitated by heartbreak or or any type of anything in a relationship where it's like if it ends it's like okay fine I'll take what I learned from it and I'll, I'll move on but like right. the, in, in college I had a relationship that was really fucking painful a breakup and that came from like in the years following like just like sitting with it thinking about what what how did I get to that place where I was just like not wanting to leave my apartment just like mm-hmm. in bed sad all mm-hmm. the fucking time and it was mm-hmm. like I put myself in a position to feel like I needed this person to like to do anything. Yeah. I needed them in my life, and it's like it's a, it's a person. There's a lot. There's a lot of people in the world. <laughs> like uh-huh. you don't got to put that much pressure on one yeah. person. Right. And so I got to a place where it was just like I don't. I'm going to be the best that I can be emotionally for myself, and any partner I have, it'll be because I want you in my life. Not because I need you to fulfill to fill some hole or fill mm-hmm. some space that if you leave it'll like make my life fall apart. Mm-hmm. And that was just a better thing for me. Right. Thought that's healthy. And it became hard yeah. for some people who I dated, just like who wanted to feel needed. And it's like I don't I don't 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 feel like needed. Like be desired. Like yeah, right. yeah, we yeah. can do something together. Like you don't have to like be needy. We're both full whole people, yeah, whether right, right. we're in a right. relationship or not. Right. right. That's the that's the tricky thing. Yeah. Right. The, the the hardest breakup I had, like which took me years to get over, a lot of like drinking and drugs and self destructive behavior and everything. I remember saying to a therapist, like, I'm never gonna love like this again. And the therapist was like, that might be a good thing. Like, that's <laughs> not, like you, know, yeah. you really went into this thinking like, if I don't have this person, right. I will never. You know, and that's really not the the vibe that you should be bringing into any right. relationship. Yeah. Right. It changes things. Yeah. Drastically. When you, and when you want someone as opposed to needing them, then being with them is a constant choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. just like an addiction and yeah. like, oh, you have to, right. I can't let you out of my sight. Yeah. It's like. Because no, people think is... you can't feel the same passion for somebody if you don't need them. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can be just as passionate about somebody that you want. Right. But also have a healthy way, a healthy way of seeing a relationship where if it, if it doesn't work out, like the idea that people think of, in a world with seven billion people, that the like fourth person you meet is your soulmate uh-huh. is insane to That's me. Crazy. Like, yeah. if you if you think that you're going to meet some random person and they're going to be so perfect for you that if anything goes wrong, it'll like destroy you. That's like you're setting yourself That's up for insane. tremendous failure. Yeah, incredible. Pain. Tremendous. Like, don't don't go into it thinking that. Like. Right. We are all so fucking different, like yeah. so different. Like even things we agree on, we really don't fully agree on. Like no one, when you think about it, no one really completely agrees on anything. Right. Because you'll always go, I agree. You'll get someone that goes, I agree. But also, and then they'll tell you the little part of it that they don't fully yeah, agree. Yeah, so like yeah. Yeah. getting two people to agree just in general is difficult, let alone in all the things that go along with dating and love and all that other shit. Right. I right. fully agree with that. Accept <laughs> it, yeah. But, so, so how do you how do you enter new like what's a um, how do you get into a new relationship with a Trayvon Free? It's you know it's been different like when I didn't have 
uh, career and money and, mm-hmm. and like now. Yeah. And like I didn't want to date people when I didn't have money because it was just like that sucks. Like mm-hmm. you just quick it. You just feel it like insufficient all yeah. the time. And, and it's, ex- it's, ex- it's expensive yeah, to, to do. date. Yeah. And so it's like I'm not gonna put myself in that position. But I I can't. I tried the like app thing for a little while and I was just like this sucks like this the anxiety this induces in me is yeah. just ridiculous like wanting people to like swipe right on you yeah. or whatever the case may be and like you you start to feel dejected by people who you don't even yeah you've never said a word You're to living right. inside a black mirror <laughs> right. episode yeah basically but uh I I quit that really quickly and then I just was like you know what I'm going to meet people in the real world like that's how I wanted to like I'm I can't do this swiping thing. And so, like, my last girlfriend, who I just broke up with, we met because I was in an Elle magazine piece mm-hmm. um, two years ago. And she saw it, and she, like, messaged me on Instagram. And we, uh, like, met and started, like, talking. We started dating in, yeah, two years last wow. month. Uh-huh. Was, so I guess uh, that answers Dave's question. Just slide into those DMs. <laughs> yeah. And People try. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, what was the L piece? Uh, it was the uh, 40 most eligible bachelors in America. Well, that'll wow. do it. That'll do it. That'll <laughs> yeah. I, that'll I, get that name out there. I forgot that that even happened. Like, I forgot that's how we met because it was one of those things that I totally expected nothing to come out of. Because uh-huh. yeah. all my answers were joke answers. Right. And uh, the, Yeah, and a lot of readers are probably like, thank God this person has <laughs> yeah. this experience. The editor thought they were hilarious. And I was like, I'm not going to answer these questions seriously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that happened. And... Like now, I just, I don't, I don't really, I'm not, I've only dated two people. Uh, well, I've been in relationships with two people since I like. Since last time. Since the transition. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, they were, like one was like a year and a half. One was, and this last one was two years. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time on this side of my life that I'm really like really single and like really like ready to just see what happens yeah. in the world and like I'm not really rushing into anything I'm I'm telling myself I'm going to take at least a year to like just enjoy myself mm-hmm. and be free of any like belonging to any person or being in any type of uh like committed situation um that's great. But hey. I think once our listeners catch wind of this, those, oh. those DMs are going to start Listen, exploding. If you, if you think L did good things <laughs> for you. I would just you wait till those homophiliacs. <laughs> yeah. So one, of my, fr- one of my friends said, uh, she goes, I told her that. She's like, she's like, everyone says that until you spill orange juice on some woman and she's your wife next week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, she's a total rom-com moment. That's yeah. what's next. Yeah. But, so yeah. I, you, you talked on um, – Deanna's podcast about being bi, and mm-hmm. of course we were very not to not to force you to tick off a box for us, but we were very excited to have our first in the LGBT <laughs> <real> <laughs> uh, categories, our first uh, real life B, and 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 to have it be a man on top of all of that, you know, yeah. um, also feels uh, unique. So, um, have you had both like these uh, serious relationships you're talking about were both with women? Yeah, the most recent two. Yeah, yeah. And have you been in a serious relationship with a guy? Yeah, a couple times. The they just it just so happened the most recent two happened to be women. I didn't I dated a lot of guys between them, like but I never really like found myself into a relationship with any of them. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of them are still friends with. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Um but 
now, most recently, no, not the most recent was probably around twenty six, twenty seven. Okay. That was like five years ago. Uh huh. Okay. And then I was single for a while. Moved to New York, dated a girl, single, and then the most recent girl. Gotcha. Um, and and you came out how long ago? Twenty eleven. Okay. So what was the most surprising part about that, like as far as the reception from other people? Um, it was overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Like for the most part, like publicly. I mean, um, I had some issues at home, like family stuff, but like it wasn't it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Really? I was like, yeah, it was That's great. I mean, there's also like you just people don't talk. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you, yeah, yeah. Some even people you know. Like, the crazy thing is how you you get put in this position where it's like you've told everyone, and then people still like don't know. Like people know and they don't know. Mm-hmm. So you like end up having to just come out a million times, sure. like every fucking day. Oh like, my god! It's it's such a weird a, a weird uh, thing to live because you're just like. People will say things and then you're like, oh, this person doesn't know that, like, I identify with this group of people that yeah, they're talking right. about. Uh-huh. And then you have to tell them and then they're like, oh, yeah, well, see what I meant was, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, if you look at it this way, it's like, I get it. Like, <laughs> you thought I was straight and you thought I was a safe space to right. say the thing you wanted to say. Uh-huh. And uh, now you're embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and the thing I'm sure you have heard from gay guys especially is is like the um the 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 stereotype that that a bi guy is just oh, it's just yeah. the last stop on the <laughs> yeah. train to full-blown yeah. yeah you are unique in the community in that people don't believe you exist yeah it's right. so funny because i've had friends like gay friends who were like if i didn't know you i wouldn't believe it and mm-hmm. i'm like how how is that a thing like they would think you you're were lying yeah. about this that's so weird it's Why like would- you don't see how like that's your entire journey, like that's your entire struggle is getting someone to understand who you are as a person different from another group. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but this is just too much. <laughs> I right. don't think that can be a real thing. And it's yeah. like, well, because it certainly <laughs> does happen, especially like in in college when a guy is. Uh, yeah. You know, coming out as gay, guys. It, yeah. it's a stepping stone, and that's a whole separate thing where they and you know whose fault that is to... homophobia. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. like they have to do that because they're like yeah. the world has made it hard for them to be who they actually are. Yeah, so they have to do this thing that like hang out with this group of people or claim a group that they're not really that they know they're not really a part of, but it's an easier transition. Right, and so yeah, like you get you get the, the people who are really identifying with that group or just like, yeah, we take the fucking brunt of the the stigma yeah. that comes along with that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for gay guys, there's also still this weird internalized homophobia where there's such a premium on straightness that the mm-hmm. idea that like you could, you know, be attracted to guys and also to women feels uh, yeah. threatening or um, unattainable somehow. Mm-hmm. I think I think part of it is people feeling like, what does the other group do that I can't do for this person? Mm-hmm. Like you get into that whole thing of like, oh, totally. I can't like, well, I'll never be a guy. So what can't I do? He this this person must like want something that I and, and it's not like that. It's just like yeah. if if I'm with 
a woman, it's because I want to be with you. If it's if I'm with a guy, it's because I want to be with you. It has nothing to do with like what's between your legs. It's about the person. Like right. yeah, by virtue of who I am, I'm totally fine with whatever's down there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I signed up for knowingly. <laughs> right. Yeah. right, but exactly. But I mean, it's not about. Like, oh man, this is great. But I, you know what I, you know what I miss a nice dick. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't yeah, had yeah. one of those in a long time. But yeah, like, you have you run into that when dating women that they 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 kind of don't trust that. Some, sometimes they're they're definitely like the conversation arises where it's just like their friends. See what happens is they talk to their friends, yeah, and their friends don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, so they start having these like group hangs and like everyone's giving their opinion and they're all wrong, right? And then that informs their worldview, and then they come back to you like, "Well, I heard like guys <laughs> after like six months they just start missing guy like or yeah. like the other mm-hmm. way." It's like, no, "Who told you that?" Yeah, like, that, that comes from the uh, the psychological journal Tammy, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Who saw a show yeah. once? Right? Yeah, exactly. Jeez. It's like that's not how it works. No. And do you? identify as anything beyond but like i know from like dan savage that there are all of these other you know um it, it can be so much more complicated than that yeah. you can be like hetero romantic but all but you know no like i i am very much down the middle mm-hmm. kenzie three yeah very much like it does not i have no i see people yeah like it's one of the weirdest ways to live Right, just to like see people yeah. and not have your brain connect like sexuality or, or romantic romanticism to one specific thing. It's it took some getting used to like when I was younger because it was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is weird. Like, I don't know what mm-hmm. is happening. And then as I got older, it was like, oh, like this is some different shit that I'm gonna have to like get used to because this is not the norm. Like mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, it's like my straight and gay friends, I'm like, you guys are lucky. Like you get, you you know like one thing that yeah. you want. It's like, imagine having to like, like every everyone looks like an option to you. Uh-huh. Like uh, outside of like straight men, like yeah. that's like, that's what the world looks like yeah. to you. And you're like- Who don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you get to the point where you're just like you almost feel like you're in like an overdrive when it comes to like dating or seeing potential partners because you just look around the world and like that guy's hot, she's hot, he's hot, that she like yeah. it's like well, all right, like right. <laughs> the world is beautiful. I mean, it sounds it's, it, it reminds me of you know, those memes of like when a dad who's colorblind gets those glasses and <laughs> you see color and like he's like what I, I imagine living inside your brain would be like whoa yeah, but that is not, that is often misinterpreted as having a, a sex drive that is double yes, everyone right. else Actually, which is not the not, same thing it's not the case all it is is just potential like your potential partners go from non-straight uh, from one gender to a group that includes straight women, mm-hmm. bi mm-hmm. women, and non-straight men, mm-hmm. non-hetero men, and that's a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people. And so, it's it's hard enough trying to like find a partner like in like one of those groups. Let alone when you feel like you could date anyone in any of those groups, and and you 
you it, it can become overwhelming at times where you're just like I don't want to date anybody like there's just too much like happening like, infinite yeah. option paralysis yeah the op- yeah there's too many it's like when you go to a diner uh-huh. and they have 17 pages yeah. and it's like how do you have so many things <laughs> yeah. it's like I can't choose I just yeah. want a meal like, like yeah like it's like you don't want to like you're saying like it's not about having sex with everyone mm-hmm. it's just like if you were looking for a partner like it the pool is very fucking vast uh-huh. and you you start to wonder like where am i going to end up like i don't like i don't know like it's is it him and another thing too is like if you're with a guy then people just assume two things happen people will assume you're gay or they'll right. go see you were going to be like yeah, yeah, gay yeah. you were headed this way anyway and yeah. if you're with a woman then it's like uh, he was like he fi- he figured it out. Like yeah. straight people, are like yeah. See you you. That's where that's where you belong. And you're like that's uh-huh. right. That's the right thing. And he's like no. You're both wrong. Like yeah. this this choice has nothing to do with who I. It doesn't change anything about who I am. This is just by virtue of who I am, where I can end up. You're like if you're with a woman, you got to keep reminding people like oh also I date men. Yeah, just, yeah this yeah, is my girlfriend, yeah. but also I date men. If you were the guy, it's like this is my boyfriend, but also sometimes I date women. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, like don't don't assume I'm like anything. It's yeah. Just, do you think about um the, like do you do you want to get married eventually? Um, not really. Um, not really. You don't think about it, or you don't really want to do it. No, I don't think I. I don't think I really want to do it. I, I actually, I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone uh, who was like, "Yeah, I'm, I don't believe in marriage anymore." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I need it. It's. I would rather have because marriage comes with so many like hangups that get mm-hmm. put on you and and the other person, and I think those things." can turn great relationships into bad ones. Like when mm-hmm. you guys were just being who you were to each other, I know people who get married and then they go like, well, now you have to take the trash out. It's like, but you, he never took the trash out. And now you think because you put a ring on his finger, right. he's going to take, like, that's different. who he was before. Right. And that's the person you were like, that's the person you were with. And now that they don't, that's put a stress on your relationship because you think, well, we're married now. He's supposed to take the trash mm-hmm. out. And now you're like fighting about the trash when you never fought about the trash. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, why is my marriage falling apart? And it's because like you brought all these expectations to the to the table that didn't exist before. Yeah. You wanted to change a person. You married one person and thought he's going to become yeah. another person. And yeah. so now you've, you're have you ruining it. Right. And so I I feel like if you... You meet someone and you guys like enjoy each other, like be together. Like yeah. don't just fucking be together yeah. until you absolutely can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, and if that lasts your whole life, it's a beautiful thing. But the idea that uh, I want to tell you guys something so bad, but I can't, it will make oh. this make so much more sense. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you after this. Okay. Show. Okay. okay. Uh, and, and then we'll tell them. No. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, but. I talk to a lot of married couples um, and divorced couples, and a lot of them were saying the same thing about how you you go through, like, whether it's a five-year or 15-year marriage, people who were married a long time and then remarried or didn't remarry, about, like, I asked them, like, what it was like when you got to the end, like, when you were like, this is, you spent 17 years with this person, and now it's over. Like, a lot of people are just devastated by the thought of that. It, like, mm-hmm. keeps them from getting married. And a lot of them would say things like, it, of those 17 years or those 10 years, like, 90% of them were great. Right. It's that last when yeah. you're when the thing is dying is when it sucks. But that wasn't the whole thing. And so a lot of people will think you have to throw out the whole thing when it's over. And it's like, no, that was 10 years of your life. Yeah. 
that were that was amazing. Right. That's you don't get that back. You why would you throw that away? Like right. you should still cherish those great times you had with that person. Like ninety percent, ninety five percent of the time was amazing, and then like the shit tailspin and it's over, and you had kids and like. Like life goes on. You're in your 40s. Like, why does that have to mean like you have to erase those years from your life? No, no, you don't. And so I think when you when you are dating people, from my perspective, I think you should take that time and enjoy it and try to make it the best it can possibly be. Right. And if it ends, it was you know what? It was a great time. And now you go. It, it, it's like we forget that that happened when we were teens, when you like date like fifteen people in like three mm-hmm. years, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh yeah, my girlfriend so and so or my boyfriend so like all those like little moments. As we get older, we start to feel so much more precious about them, where we forget like that was a valuable part of your life. Yeah, right? and you only get one. You don't get to like do it over. So if I have a ten year relationship with you and it ends, like, and I know most of that time was great, I'm not gonna like stop thinking about or, or pretend those moments didn't happen right. because like it was part of my life. Yeah. Right. Death does not mean failure. Yeah, exactly. We all cease to exist. Yes. That yeah. doesn't mean like, that we don't accomplish anything. Yeah. yeah it's not just because it ends. Does it mean you failed? Like it, right. it's, it ran its course. Like you and another imperfect person tried to do a thing and you made it last that fucking long, which is like a miracle. Uh-huh. And so you should be proud that you did that. And now go be happy again. Like, don't like, don't sit there being sad, like, or being mad at a person. Like, yeah, if the person did something wrong to you, sure. Like be mad, but like also go on with your life. Like uh-huh. it's not the end of the world. Right. Like, don't, I need you as my personal guru. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, if you're available in app form, will you please let me know? Cause I need, need this throughout my life I, i've been i've been reading a lot about mm-hmm. and studying a lot about relationships for a particular reason mm-hmm. <laughs> which we'll, I we'll understand uh, at another time uh <laughs> so what what is a like what do you look for in a in a person in yeah. a partner um what turns you on now i someone who can keep up like mentally is a big thing like i i just can't date dumb people man mm-hmm. like that's why like, I have friends who are like in their thirties dating like twenty two year olds, twenty three no. years. Like, I cannot date anyone like within a under a four year age range. Yeah, like, I sleep with anyone like who's sure. a legal age, but like we can't date. Like uh-huh. we can't we can't hang out right and try to like talk about yeah. the world. Like you're twenty two. What do you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not like gonna try to talk about geopolitics with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, someone like smart, someone. Who has their own identity? That's mm-hmm. a that's a big a big. Thing that's a real because, recurring theme for you, right? Uh, it seems hmm? that's a real like recurring uh, theme for you. It seems it's that yeah. we're both whole people yeah. bringing, bringing whole because people to the table. It's been the death of a lot of past relationships. Yeah. It's just like I need you to have your own because my my I've had ex one of my two exes ago. She was like I I can't I feel like I'm orbiting your your. Uh, planet and Mm -hmm. it's very difficult for me and i was like i i understand it because my life changed drastically in the last five years like and i ended up in places i never would have dreamed and around people who like people go crazy for and 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 see as these like super like big like famous people and i mean like in the rooms with these people are like hanging out with these people just because that's just how my what my life became just in the room where it happens yeah all the time (laughs) (laughs) and that's very difficult for people who are or who are trying to find uh-huh. themselves to be around and all these people who are 
successful, who have found it, who are doing it and feeling like you're inadequate in those rooms and in those spaces. And so I was like, yeah, I get it. I understand. Like it's, I'm still trying to keep up with me. So I get mm-hmm. what it like, what it must be like for you. Um, so would you, or have you ever dated another showbiz person? Um, I've never, I've not dated any showbiz people, which is like, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I always have, whenever I meet people who, who are doing it, I'm like, how's that work? Like, how's, how's that work for you? And it's like, I'm a director. Uh, she's an actress. It makes like, like some yeah. type of like, there's no competition. Yeah. There's like, there has lane. to be some kind of like separation or, or something like that. But I've, I've yet to, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but I don't know. I've not done it yet. Mm-hmm. Yet, mm-hmm. yet it would so be. Tell would all be, of our celeb <laughs> listeners start hitting you up. It would be interesting. I mean, it you have to you have to do it with someone who, no matter what part of the field they're in, is at a, like an equal or better like level than you. Because if right. they're below you, it's just gonna like sure. it's gonna suck. Yeah, sure. Like if because they'll either want you to help them come up mm-hmm. or feel like you have some type of duty yeah. to like help them. Right. Or like, it'll but just would you feel that way about somebody who was at a higher level than you? No, like, because like the, so it may the, not, it may not work that other the, way else. Well, right, right, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, for, for me personally, I wouldn't care if the person was like way more famous or had way more, because like I already, I do so much and I'm so fulfilled in what I do and I'm still like doing this. So yeah. I don't have that insecurity that people have when they're like, when right. they haven't like fully gotten to where they think they want to yeah. go or at least got to that launching pad. Like, I. Yeah, you're, I, there's literally an Emmy sitting yeah, on the I table. Yeah, I have, two, <laughs> I, I have two Emmys and it's crazy. And it's, it's one of those things where I don't feel that insecure. I think I'm like, I'm going to be fine. So it's, go, it's great if you have more than me or yeah. doing, like, because I have nothing to worry about. Uh-huh. Um, is your family so thrilled, by the way, about uh, all your success? Yeah, like my mom was texting me all day yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> she was like watching the show. She's like, the whole, during the show, she's like texting me about the show. I'm yeah. like, mom, I'm at the show. But, um, <laughs> Wait, did yeah. I see on Instagram that you took a sibling to? I took my sister. You took last your sister. Week. Yeah, yeah. We took her to Creative Arts show. And is that um, because your previous your your other date was no longer? No, in the I. Picture, so or? the original plan was to go. Take my sister to creative arts. Mm-hmm. Take my girlfriend at the time to uh-huh. prime time, and, but we had already split. So I just gave my prime time ticket to a friend of mine who writes for This Is Us. Oh, nice! Um, and so my sister was going to go to that show anyway. Oh, great! And so wait, the got, the person from This Is Us couldn't get there on their own. Well, because she, well, she's a uh, she got her question too. New yeah. right. Okay, I got so you. they didn't have. Uh, okay. Yeah, she didn't get a ticket. Um, and. Also, speaking of your family, you you mentioned that coming out, like you hit some bumps in the road with them before. Yeah. How is it now? Um, you know, I I wish I had an accurate answer, just because I feel like there's a safety in like dating women where they don't have to talk about it. You don't really have right. to deal with oh, it. Oh, and you've spent the last two years in yeah. a relationship that's yeah. pretty easy for them so, to wrap their right. minds around. So, yeah. I mean, we got to a place at the like at the time where, like, people became fine with it. and The people who had issues became fine with it. But I've not tested the, uh, <laughs> the resolve uh-huh. of that yet. So, I mean, if the next person I date's a guy, we will find out exactly where they are mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well. in the process. Get ready because uh, those homophiliacs are about to start hitting. They're, you about, up to, on they're about to hit you up <laughs> on all of your social media platforms. Yep. 
Trayvon Free, thank you so much for being here. Oh, come you're, back. You're yeah, any time you're in town. I, yes. Please don't come without your Emmy. I, yeah. I will bring I'll bring her next time. Bring both. <laughs> thank, thank you so you much. So much thank you guys. Uh, guys, people be calling us all the time. We have a, a phone number. Yeah, we do. If you need advice, if you have thoughts, yep. um, if like someone who called, uh, you think that I should uh, flesh out my scruff profile more, mm-hmm. uh, lay it on us. 424-248-8978. So let's take a listen to one of our latest callers. Hi. I don't know if this is the message for advice for homophilia, but um, I guess I have a question about I'm kind of like still in love with my ex-girlfriend and I'm currently dating someone else and I love her too, but uh, I've never really felt the feelings I had for my ex for this new girl. So I'm just wondering if you have any advice on what to do about that situation if I break it off with no and just try and get over my ex before I date somebody else or if I should just see if these feelings develop and turns it into what I had with my ex. Uh, so, yeah, thanks. Bye. Hmm. Well, you know, that's a well-timed call. Uh, Trayvon yeah. got into this kind of thing. You um, did. Sounds like you had something uh, really nice uh, with someone else, and mm-hmm. that now is over. And um, Trayvon's advice, I think, would be go to the Emmys. I believe that's how he, yes. <laughs> he is overcoming his own breakup. Yep, definitely get yourself in front of the Stranger Things kids uh, if you can. <laughs> if you can't. Then I, I, the one thing I wish that we knew is how much time passed between these two relationships because I think that is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people say that you need to allow – take however long that, that past relationship was, cut that in half. That's how much time you need to be single before you can – these are right. obviously arbitrary sure. rules sure. that I have never adhered to in my own life. Of course not. Nobody has. Uh, but yeah, I mean th- there are there are some good things and you're probably also – um, looking at it, um, like it, when things are over, mm-hmm. you tend to remember only the good things. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And especially yeah. if you're like, if it's over and you can't have that person back, you remember only the good things. Yeah. So, uh, so just be realistic. It is, it is over. You are free to have happy memories, mm-hmm. but you must move forward. Yep. And, uh, if you are, uh, feeling lukewarm about this new person, it may be because of the person before, or it may just be because this is not a great relationship. I mean, I, I would say depending on how long you've been in this new relationship, uh, that's really good advice because if regardless of what came before, generally a new relationship, at least during the honeymoon period when it's shiny and new, is going to be exciting and is going to distract you from everything else. That's right. what they're for, essentially. Right. And so if this is still pretty new and you're thinking about your, your previous relationship, you might want to listen to that. Yeah. You might want to cut this person loose because you're not just wasting your own time. Yeah. You know? Also theirs. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. Yes, thank you so much. Keep moving forward. As Trayvon said, there are literally billions of fish in the sea. That's right. What a show, what a show. Oh, my God. I love Trayvon Free so much. Before we go, I would like to talk about the book Party of One written by Dave Holmes. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's available in paperback. There's bonus material. That's absolutely right. There are signed copies available. Uh Uh-huh. On Podswag. Podswag Podswag.com. Podswag.com. Even if you bought the hard copy, as I did, and fell in love with it. Oh, thank you. Get yourself this uh, paperback. Yeah, signed up a storm. 
Each one is unique. Yes. Yeah. So I so many copies here the other day that I said, I'm not waiting for you anymore. And I left. Yeah. That's how many copies are waiting for you. Uh, Yeah. Please get yourself a copy. uh, And I I hope you enjoy it. It's at uh, podswag.com. And that is it for us. That's it. Matt, Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dave. And uh, we got to give a big thank you and much love to Henry Goldblatt at EW. Yeah. Um, Seriously. Thanks again. That uh, that was such a game changer for us. And thank you, everybody at Earwolf. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chris Bannon, Colin Anderson, Dana Wickens, the whole team. Everybody, uh, Ben Wise for the music. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. I'm H. Michael Cray. And I'm Cuckoo Kulafilayasak, and we are the host of Who Charted, where we discuss the charts in pop culture and get to know our guests. Speaking of great guests, last week we had the wonderful Jason Manzoukas. I'm so excited about this one. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. We had such a good time with Jason. We spoke of... Uh of, of all his work in movie and films, and we had a great time counting down the charts. So make sure you listen to us on Who Charted? This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.